Welcome this morning. Welcome, welcome. We want to welcome you here. If you're worshiping us for the first time, you are welcome in this place. God bless you. We're happy to have you here. Sunday morning, God is good. Listen, our Bibles, we're going to turn to the book of Numbers. Numbers chapter 6. Numbers chapter 6. Amen. Amen, amen. So, as I thought about this, uh, this sermon, uh, I was brought back to archaeology. Now, over the last couple of weeks and months, I've been talking about how fascinating uh, biblical archaeology is. It's amazing to see what is buried in the earth and what is uncovered in the earth. And, and in 1979, one of the greatest biblical archaeological finds occurred and it predated the Dead Sea Scrolls. Um, until this point, the Dead Sea Scrolls are the oldest um, portion of scripture we ever found. Uh, but this find predated that by around 400 years. It dated back to about around 600 BC. So this is the time of Solomon's temple. I mean, stuff like that amazes me. They found things that were there when, you know, Solomon was walking, they were, when people was there. They found a particular tomb. And in this tomb, the ceiling had fallen, so it covered everything that was there. Because in those days when they did archaeological digs and they found tombs, um, what they had, they had what was called tomb raiders. They'll come in there and take all the loot and so on and so forth. But this particular tomb, the ceiling had fallen and covered it, so no one could raid it. But they dug and dug, and they found a massive find. They found bones there. They found pottery. They found jewelry. Um, and what they also found was something amazing called the Katif Henom Scrolls. And it was a little kind of uh, scroll, like an inch long, half an inch thick. And they were excited because they're thinking, this is amazing. This is something that dates all the way back to the time of King David, time of Solomon, when they walked the earth. This is something that dated back then. The excitement, the anticipation, and the carefulness because they took about three years to unfold this scroll. Can you imagine that? They found something, took about three years just to make sure they can unfold it, just to see what is on this scroll. And when they unfolded it, it revealed the oldest preserved passage of Scripture ever discovered, of all Scripture. And I find it fascinating. This is the oldest form of Scripture we have, very, very close to the time it was actually written. And of all the Scripture, they could have uncovered, they uncovered it, and this is what I actually said. Listen to the words. The Lord bless you and keep you make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn Shine upon you and be gracious. 
The oldest portion of scripture we have is the blessing. That shows you the nature of God. I find it interesting that the only thing we have that goes far back, this is what God said. It's found in Numbers chapter 6. We're going to read from verse number 22. The Bible says, And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to Aaron and his son, saying, This is the way you shall bless the children of Israel. Say to them, the Lord bless you and keep you. Lord, make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. So they shall put my name on the children of Israel and I will bless them. Come on, this morning, the title of the sermon is simple. It is the blessing. The blessing. I want to introduce this by looking at how God instructed Moses to speak to Aaron. At the beginning, he says, this is the way you should bless the children of Israel. And we should get excited about that because when God wants to bless us, he doesn't want to just bless us anyhow. Come on now. 
He doesn't want to just say, oh yeah, you know, I hope it all goes well with you. No, he wants to give us the fullness of blessing. That is his character. I see Aaron, the first ever high priest and of the children of Israel. And he was, we understand, a forerunner of the great high priest. We have Jesus Christ, the son of God, as Hebrew 4 tells us. God said to Aaron, listen, when you're speaking to my people, when you pronounce a blessing on my people, I don't want it just to be half-hearted. I don't want you just to give a little well done. I want you to bless them so it is full. I want them to understand this is my heart towards my people, towards my children. So when you bless them, it's significant that you know this is the way you should bless the children of Israel. Can you say amen in their place? He wants to bless us and have a fullness of blessing. So what I want to do this morning I want to spend some time as we unpack the, the blessing right here, as we unpack the words that God has spoken to us. And we're going to read some of this together as we go through. So the first thing we're going to read, if you throw it up on the screen, verse number 24. I want you guys to read this with me. Verse number 24, we're going to read it together. The Bible says, the Lord bless you and keep you. Too far. Just verse number 24. We're going to stay there. We're going to take it. Take our time. Just verse number 24. The Lord bless you and keep you. This is God's character. It is his desire to bless people. His desire to pronounce blessing on people. We see this from the very beginning of time. We go back to Genesis. Genesis chapter 1 verse number 27. After he's made everything, the Bible says in 27, it says, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And verse number 28 says, then God did what? God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. This was the first thing he did when he created mankind. The first thing he did was bless them. Listen, he gave man a business. He put them in the garden, told them to tend to it, told them to keep it. He gave them boundary. He said, listen, you can eat of all the trees except this one. But before he gave them business and boundary, the first thing he did was give them a blessing. He told them to be fruitful and multiply. So we understand this is God's heart to his people. He wants to bless and not only bless, he wants to bless in abundance. We see this repeated. Genesis chapter 9, we understand God saw the wickedness of the world. It was too much and he was going to judge the world. And that's exactly what he did. He sent a great flood, but he called on his servant uh, 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 Noah to build an ark. We know the story. God, was, uh, God instructed this man. He did what he was instructed. Uh, built an ark, put all the animals, his family in. And after a little over a year, when the earth began to dry, uh, he stepped out of the ark. And the first thing that God did was found in Genesis 9 and verse number 1. It says, so God blessed Noah and his sons and said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. Here it is. We see all throughout the Old Testament that God time and time again wants to bless his people. He is ready and willing 
willing to bless his people. And we can take it into the New Testament. In Ephesians 1 verse number 3, the Bible says, Blessed be the God and Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. We have to understand this, that we have the God of the universe, the creator of the world. His desire is to bless you under the sound of my voice. Can you say amen in this place? Listen, when you woke up this morning, his desire was to shower blessing upon you. Listen, as you go through today, he wants to let you know that he wants to bless you and keep you blessed. And we have to understand that word bless. It is a strong Hebrew word pronounced barach and literally means to kneel in order to serve. Can you imagine? The God of the universe wants to serve you. The God of the universe wants to bow down and and, and come and say, you know what? I want to bless you. Remember Jesus at the Last Supper. Listen, when Jesus, we understand he is the Son of God. He is God in the flesh. But at the Last Supper, he took off his clothes, put a towel around and stooped down low to bless the disciples. What kind of God will do that? Will come and bless the creator because that is, or the creation soil, because that is his heart. His desire is to bless you. Now, under the sound of my voice, that should leave you encouraged that you have a father in heaven who wants to. His desire, his passion is to pronounce a blessing on you. The Bible says the Lord bless you and keep you. That second word, keep, because what God blesses, he keeps. Can you say amen in this place? And to keep, we get the idea of guard or protect. Jesus, talking about the disciples in John 17, said this in verse number 12. It says, while I was with them in the world, I kept them in your name. And those who you gave me, I have kept them. And now none of them are lost. Jesus is talking about his disciples. What God blesses, he wants to keep. Moses, at the end of his life, speaking to the the children of Israel in Deuteronomy 32, in verse number 10, said this. He, this is God, encircled him. This is Israel. He instructed him and he kept him as the apple of his eye. He kept him. God wants to bless you, but also wants to keep you. And as we get an understanding of the word keep, we understand a keepsake. Listen, there's certain things I have in my life, maybe that my parents have given me, that I know exactly where they are. I keep them in a safe place. That is the picture of what God does for you. He wants to keep you, protect you. He wants to give you the best. He wants to bless you and also keep you from harm, keep you from destruction. He wants to keep you from uh, uh, yourself. Can you say amen? Because how many make some silly decisions sometimes? He wants to keep us so we can be presented holy and righteous when time is fulfilled. What an amazing thing it is to be blessed and kept by the Lord. Lord, do you agree in this place? The Lord bless you and keep you. There is a a transition. God told Aaron, when you bless the people, when you speak to my people, I want you to let them know that I want to serve them and protect them. The Lord bless you and keep you. Moving on to verse number 25. I want to read this together. Verse number 25, you can put it on the screen again for me. Here it says, Lord, make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. We'll stop there. So two things here again. It's an interesting blessing, his face. 
You see, because the face is all to do with recognition. Come on now, when people don't want to be recognized somewhere, what do they do? They cover their wall. Come on, they cover their face. If I was to throw up a picture of somebody's elbow or somebody's knee or something like that, you wouldn't know who I'm talking about. But you put a picture of their face, you know exactly who that is. Because people understand that a face is to do with a recognition. So when people don't want to let you know that it's me, what they would usually do is hide their face. I remember a speaker reading an article of a man who called in sick to work. Saying, listen, I can't come into work. I'm sick. Can't get out of my bed. It's okay. It's fine. You know, have a day off, rest, and so on and so forth. The manager, uh, he likes baseball, huh? um, and he was watching a baseball match. Um, and at baseball, they have this thing called crowd cam. <laughs> and what it does, it pans the crowd, and, and it shows uh, different things of people reacting in a certain way, and they wave, it, uh, so on and so forth. Uh, and as the crowd panned, uh, this guy recognized his face was on the camera, and he quickly did this. I said, what is going on there? But it's too late. He had been caught already. The problem was that his boss was watching that. He was meant to be sick in bed and he had been caught. His face had been identified. And what made it worse was the woman who is with wasn't his wife either. So on the same day, he got fired from his job and they're filing for divorce as well. Come on now, that's not a good time. Because his face was shown. Face is to do with recognition. When people don't want to be identified, they hide their face. They cover their face. When people are filled with shame, sometimes they put their face down to the ground because they don't want you to uh, understand that. But but what God is saying, he wants to make his face shine upon you. In other words, he wants to be recognized by you. He wants to let you know, saying, listen, this is who I am. I am the creator of the universe. Look upon my face. I want you to know that I'm your provider. I want you to know that I'm your protection. I want you to know that I'm your creator. Look upon my face as it shines upon you. You know, as a new baby is born, you know, one of the things that makes a healthy development is eye contact. Did you know that? When they recognize your face, they recognize the face of the father or they recognize the face of the mother. That begins the natural healthy development. It's unnatural and you won't develop if you don't have facial recognition or eye contact with a newborn baby. So that's what God is saying, saying, listen, I want you to know exactly who I am. I want to have relationship with you. I want you to recognize me. And not only does he wants us to see his face, but the Bible says that the face is going to shine. You know, the New Living Translation translates it like this. It says, may the Lord smile on you. Come on, picture that. God is smiling on you. Sometimes my kids do something. They say, Daddy, look at me, or Daddy, look at this. And what they're expecting from me is to me to smile upon them. Come on, sometimes I'm ignorant. Sometimes I'm all, uh, I'm like, oh yeah, that's good. I don't even look up. And I, I feel such a conviction. I'm, I'm like, all they want is me to look up and recognize them, smile so they understand here this man loves me. God is saying his face is going to shine upon you. He's going to smile. He is happy with you. Come on, he is proud of you. He loves you. There's some people in this, even under the sound of my voice, you haven't had a father figure tell you, I'm proud of you. I love you. And here we have the father of all fathers, our great heavenly father saying, I want to make my face shine upon you. And as part of the blessing... God goes from sharing his or showing his face to showing grace. 
He wants to show his face, and then after that, he wants to give you some grace. It was Jacob that said after he wrestled with God, he named the place of Peniel because he said, I have seen God face to face and my life has been preserved. And the reason he says that is because when you recognize God, when you see God for who he actually is, when you see the majesty, the awesome wonder, you then recognize how wretched you are. When you see God, uh, the awesome power, you see your own wretchedness. It was the prophet Isaiah that had a vision of the Lord sitting on his throne, high and lifted up. He saw the glory of God. And this was his response in Isaiah 6 and verse number 5. It says, woe is me for I am undone. Because I'm a man of unclean lips and I dwell in the midst of unclean, uh, of people of unclean lips. For my eye have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. When we see God, we see how great He is, how holy He is. We see our wretchedness. And when we see that, we see it is only by the grace of God that I'm able to be and stand here today. The famous lyric says, it's amazing grace that saved a wretch like me. Who agrees with that in this place? Come on, we understand the creator God and we see our own wretchedness and then we see the grace who withholds things that we actually deserve and also gives us things that we don't deserve. Ephesians 2, verse number 8 says, By grace you have been saved through faith and not yourselves. It is a gift of God. So God told Aaron, you bless the people. Let them know I want to show my face and then follow up with some grace. Come on, verse number 26. We're going through this now. Verse number 26. Let's read this together. The Bible says, The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. See, the word in the English, in the New, New King James, has been translated countenance. But the Hebrew behind it is the same word in the previous verse, which was translated to face. So the difference here is the beginning where it's saying that the Lord will lift up his countenance or lift up his face, which suggests the favor of God. Oh, and the favor of God blows my mind because the favor of God gives us things that we don't deserve. The favor of God puts things in our pathway that shouldn't really be there. The favor of God gives us opportunities, open doors that shouldn't have been open to us. The favor of God, listen, bypasses somebody else and puts it on you. The favor of God is what springboards us. So when he says, I'm going to lift up my countenance or lift up my face, I'm going to put my favor on you. I'm going to look favorably upon you Uh, and we need to understand the favor of God uh, because the favor of God doesn't only mean that only good things will happen to you listen we live in the real world come it doesn't mean that if you have the favor of God that means you're gonna see nothing bad no it doesn't mean that Uh, it means that uh, even if something bad has happened uh, the direct result of it doesn't necessarily mean it's because of something you did or something you you didn't do Uh, you know we see uh, that sin can cause some bad things to happen uh, but in every case the favor of God can still rest upon you even if uh, some bad things happen to you something bad can happen and at the end of it something good can come out of it come on now Come on, Genesis 39 tells us uh, that Joseph uh, found favor. 
Come on, he went to prison and he found favor in the prison. He went to be a slave. And Joseph, uh, Genesis 39, verse number four says, Joseph found favor and served him. Then he made him overseer of his house and all that he had put under his authority. We know the story that uh, the, the master's wife told lies about Joseph and he was ended up in prison. And verse number 21 of the same chapter says, but the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison right until the end of the chapter where he he says himself he says what you meant for evil God meant it for good so even in the bad times even in the issue of life you can still experience the favor of God you can still experience God's countenance shining upon you when evil people try and get you down try and trap you try and bind you up there is a blessing on your life that you can experience favor even in times of darkness. Come on now. Last week we spoke about God is able to be with you even in the valley of the shadow of death. You can walk through that valley and still have the favor of God upon your life. You need to understand this is the the blessing that God is pronouncing on you and the resulting work of God is peace in our life. There's a saying, if we know Jesus, we know peace. But no Jesus, there's no peace. The conclusion is, Aaron, or, or God said to Aaron, it says in verse number 22 of our text, the Lord spoke to Moses saying, speak to Aaron and his sons saying, this is the way you should bless the children of Israel. And I believe our great high priest, Jesus Christ, wants to pronounce that blessing over you today. Come on, this blessing that was, um, that was found, uh, you know, the, the oldest portion of scripture we have to date um, had this blessing on because that blessing is significant. Um, that blessing is for you and I today. Um, the question is, will we receive um, that blessing? Um, will we receive that threefold blessing? Um, I find it interesting. Um, uh, it, three times it says the Lord. Um, some commentators believe this is a wonderful picture of the Trinity, God the Father. Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit coming together, pronouncing a blessing on each and every one of us. We need to understand how this kind of played out in the days of the Lord. You see, because this blessing was pronounced on people directly after offering. Sometimes they'll bring a sin offering or a grain offering or they'll bring a burnt offering. They'll bring a peace offering. And after they come with the offering, that's when that the priest, the high priest, will pronounce this blessing on people's lives. So we need to come before God, offer up our life. I spoke about being a living sacrifice. And as we do that, as we come to offer up our life, this blessing is reinstated for you and I. We can go through and have the fullness, the abundance of the blessing of God. Listen, it's his desire to bless. Can you say amen in this place? Come on. It's his desire to want us to go and experience all that he has for us to experience everything he wants us to have and we need to receive that we need to come to a place where we receive the blessing of God because many times many times it is the separation that stops the blessing of God Come on, many people think, you know, oh, if, if this was happening, well, why is all this bad thing happening in the world and so on listen, God's nature to bless has never changed God's nature to bless his people remains the same. 
It is the sin in our life that causes a blockage to hinder all the blessing that God has for us. To act as a blockage or act as a deterrent for the blessing that God has for us. It is the ways of the world that acts as a a, a covering or shelter stopping what God wants to do. And today, God wants to pronounce that blessing of you. So when we pray pray later on, I want to also pronounce uh, that blessing. uh, But we've got to deal with a few things, you see, because uh, in Deuteronomy, we understand the blessings uh, that God has put. But he also, Moses said to the people, I set before you today, blessing and cursing, life and death. And he says, choose life that you may live. So here we're presented with a choice. This blessing that we have, we're presented with a choice. He says, choose life that you may live. Because the blessings of God is conditional. Come on, you know, sometimes that's not always preached. But the blessing of God is conditional. It's not automatic. There is some things that we need to do. There is some options or choices that we need to make in order to release or in order to open up uh, the blessing of God. And it comes through to the old uh, priestly way of things uh, is what are you going to offer up before God? We understand that we don't have to offer up bulls and, 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 and animals and so on anymore because Jesus Christ offered himself up that through him we can be made righteous. The Bible says if the blood of animals could cleanse, how much more the blood of God himself is able to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Come on, it's unrighteousness that will hinder the blessing of God. And we need to come to a place where we put that stuff aside and start to realize the blessing of God. I love this blessing. Many times if I go to people's houses or I pronounce a blessing over a house, this is the scripture that I read. Because this blessing is meant to be pronounced on people of God. And we don't want anything to hinder us or hinder what God wants us to do. So this morning, I want to give time today in prayer because at the very end I'm going to pronounce this blessing on all of us that we may receive but before we do that we have to make we have to do some business with God come on before we enter in to that blessing we need to come and 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 enter in through the blood of Jesus Christ we need to put aside unrighteousness Put aside uh, uh, unholiness. Put aside carnality that we can enter into all that God has for us. He wants us. He wants to lift his face uh, upon us. Let it shine upon us. He wants to be gracious to us. He wants to give us peace. So this morning we have a choice to make. Are we going to receive it? Are we going to receive the blessing that God has for us? Because it's not automatic in this place. We have to choose life that we may live.